the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. It's one of those days. Bam, out of the gate, the Dow Jones Industrial Average drops 780 points. I was saying to a loved one this weekend, oh no, oh no, this coronavirus hit big in Italy, big in South Korea, still the number two area infected outside of China is a cruise ship, but... It's starting to hit. It's starting not to be contained. It's starting to become pandemic instead of an epidemic. And that was our our fear. Um, We're going to look back in years to come on hindsight. And we're going to say a lot of things on, you know, China needs to open up their country a little bit more and be a little bit more honest when there is an issue that needs to be contained instead of trying to protect their public image, per se. With that said, that 10-year treasury... This basically means the Federal Reserve is going to cut. I could be wrong, but the 10-year Treasury yield falls to a two-year low on coronavirus fears. 30-year rates hit record lows. What's bad for confidence is good for a 30-year mortgage or an adjustable rate mortgage. It's weird, and it's the best way of explaining how Wall Street truly works. There's no right answers. There's just compromises. 10-year Treasury note plunged to 1.38. That is not a lot of yield. That's how scared people are. If you take a look at the historical track record of it, that's it right there. Boom. That's the area where it says the world is about to fall apart. But again, not the smartest indicator. Short-term fear is never a good way to play life. So the 131 is the area that's the all-time record low yield. And that happened shortly after Brexit. Here's the craziest thing that I'm going to say today. I've made a lot of money from fear. 
I used to say on a regular basis that, you know, the guy who made me the most money on Wall Street was Saddam Hussein, because when he invaded, uh, not Wall Street, but when he invaded Kuwait, the world got pissed off and in a tizzy and upset and angry and, you know, well, there's nuclear weapons really close and Israel's going to get wiped out. Like, we started extrapolating everything. So Saddam Hussein invades. George Bush Sr. goes in there, slaps his Republican army around. Stock market rallies to new highs. Saddam Hussein too Invades again. George Bush Jr. goes in, invades, and slaps him around and captures him and Ultimately, stock market rallies to an all-time high. There's a fear in the Middle East that anytime there's invasions that oil prices spike because under said property or land you just invaded is a a slew, a ton, a veritable plethora of black gold oil. So I think I need to change my statement to I've made more money on Wall Street from fear than from Saddam Hussein. Because this, too, is an issue. Warren Buffett's out there today. Weird timing. I love Warren Buffett. He just said not too long ago, uh, as the coronavirus outbreak sparks fears of a slowdown in global growth, we're buying businesses to own for 20 or 30 years. We buy them in whole. We buy them in parts. And we think 20 to 30 outlook is not changed by the coronavirus. He's a little bit different investor than you. I'm a little bit different than him. You're a little bit different than me. That's where it gets a little bit wonky. Warren Buffett's also out there saying that he spoke to Microsoft founder Bill Gates about efforts to spread the contain of the coronavirus. And Bill Gates has the Bill Gates Foundation. And he said, quote, now what they hope to get is a universal flu vaccine, but that's way off. It is impossible. I mean, I asked my own, my own science advisor, Bill Gates. I talked to him the last few days about it, and he's bullish on the long-term outlook for a universal prevention of it. Okay. Again, billionaire to billionaire, are we going to put our lives and coronavirus issues out there for him? Bernie Sanders uh, picked up Nevada. There's another issue coming down the road of the coronavirus hits the U.S. economy hard. Will the Democrats sweep Congress? Not even will the Democrats win the presidency. Will they sweep Congress? A weak economy and people go out and vote. I think it's a fair statement. And when I was 20 years old, I found it offensive that people vote with their paycheck. If they have a paycheck, status quo is fine. As an older man, I I think it's true. As a younger man, I thought that was offensive. Um, So the 10-year treasury... Warren Buffett was on CNBC today. It's that time of year where he does his annual report, his annual shareholder meeting, and they kind of like to trump him, uh, drag him out and parade him around. U.S. 10-year Treasury sank to its lowest level since July 2016, and Buffett said there are very unusual conditions. It makes no sense to lend money at 1.4% to the U.S. government when its government's policy is to have 2% inflation per year. So he's basically saying, if you give your money the government and you ask for 1.4% back, you're a little bit insane because the government is aiming for inflation around 2 to 4%. 
the government's telling you we're going to give you 1.4% in tax you on it, and on the other hand, we're going to presumably devalue that money at 2% a year on inflation. So as that interest rate gets lower, I get more excited because I, I know what Buffett's trying to say. Even if the average person doesn't say, oh, I drink you in, Warren Buffett. I drink you like chocolate milk. Ah, I, I get it. It's not the easiest thing to grasp. Despite having a huge position in Apple, Warren Buffett said this morning that he's never owned a smartphone. And he said, my flip phone is permanently gone. <laughs> he never got a smartphone. Oh, he did get a, pho- a smartphone, he's saying now. Good for him. 21st century. Um, but that's just recently. And again, that, that goes back to the 1990s when Warren Buffett would talk about investing. And, and he goes, I don't invest in tech stocks. Those are crazy valuations. And then people like me would go, ah, you're an old man, Warren Buffett. Step aside. The 21st century internet superhighway is going to run you over. You are going to be roadkill. And then 30 years later, he's still doing his thing. It's harder for Berkshire to buy back shares than any uh, uh, than for other companies. Buffett said it's difficult for Berkshire Hathaway to do big buybacks. He says it's harder to buy back Berkshire shares than, say, Bank of America buying back its stock. They can really do it without moving the market. Berkshire is held by the people that primarily keep it. So he said Apple's probably the best business in the world that I know. And he also said he'd certainly vote for Bloomberg. He says he's a card-carrying capitalist, but not a card-carrying Democrat. He said, Mr. Sanders, Bernie Sanders, we've certainly left people behind, but socialism is not the way to go. Capitalism will still work. We can do a better job. Pretty reasonable. He also said banks are probably the, the most attractive sector for him. Not necessarily for you, but for him. He's looking for valuations that aren't crazy gaga. Radio goo goo, radio gaga. That's all we are. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It's a funny market because today it's coronavirus fears pummeling stocks across the board, which were at recent highs as of last week. So it's perspective, right? If last week you had died and gone to stock heaven, you'd be like, this is pretty great. All-time highs. If today you're like, died and you're like, maybe this was the beginning and the end. I wish I could go back and see how it plays. Free pancakes. International House of Pancakes National Pancake Day is Tuesday. Who are the people who live and die by that kind of stuff? TurboTax owner into it. Has plans to buy Credit Karma. I like Credit Karma. It's interesting that uh, 
into it has bought a couple companies that I thought were pretty good personal finance plays for individuals. They also bought a company called Mint.com, which was one of the very first experiences I had with fintech. Mint.com stood for money intelligence and uh, into it bottom after a few years. And ultimately, this was just an app that a guy named Aaron Patzer, ex-friend of mine, that someone I knew a long time ago. When I say ex-friend, it's not like he's been excommunicated. He's not the John Wick problem. I know you're saying that's a vague reference to John Wick Parabellum. Yes, I know. Um, so TurboTax is getting in and a little bit more into fintech. And that, that's, that's one of those stories that's going to get lost today. By going after Mint, which stood for money intelligence, and now going after Credit Karma. In the past, they've gone after small businesses. What's it telling us? It's the largest purchase into it's made in its 37 years. More than 85 million Americans use Credit Karma to better understand their credit scores and how to improve them. I highly recommend it. It's, it's easy. The startup Credit Karma makes money through credit cards and loan referral commissions. Into it's the maker of TurboTax, which I think we all kind of know, right? One of the very first big software plays in PCs in the 1980s and early 1990s was doing your own taxes. And you just had a software that would run through all the questions and you'd punch them in and boom, do you want a state file or e-file? Boom, boom, boom. I think we all have some experience with that. For the record, it is tax season, essentially. I use a CPA. My taxes are a little bit more complicated than they were when I was in my 20s. I've got multiple properties in multiple states. Um, I've got a lot of uh, investments. And in theory a need because there's also a business involved. So a little bit different the way corporations pay taxes instead of a good old fashioned W2. So I'm okay with a CPA. I think they're worth the money if you have a complicated issue and a complicated issue doesn't have to be multiple properties, multiple States. It could be assets from a previous marriage. So the acquisition of into it further gets them into that personal finance. And again, it's something that I'm, I'm interested in. QuickBooks is an awesome product. Morgan Stanley last week said that they were going to buy E-Trade, again, getting into the consumer market and less of the institutional corporate account. Visa in January purchased a fintech company called Played, or Plaid, rather. Played. Oh, shows how my brain works and trust no one. Um, payment processing giant that gives you know access to other types of money transfer systems. So I like what Visa and Mastercard are doing. So and I know you're saying, what about American Express? American Express to me is more to play on small business. Speaking about big business, let's talk big pharma right now. There's a global pandemic fear mounting, and GlaxoSmithKline's in the news. GSK, GSK, GSK. They announced a collaboration with the Chinese biotech firm on a vaccine for COVID-19, highlighting, highlighting what it appears to be a big push by big, big pharmaceutical to get in on the press release war of war on this. So GlaxoSmithKline, ticker symbol GSK, said it's going to work with Clover Biopharmaceuticals. Um, they said as of February 10th, they had developed a COVID vaccine candidate. 
How do you feel about that? GlaxoSmithKline said it would allow a novel technology it's developed for vaccine production to be used by select companies working. And um, they're going to share that technology with Clover, who's, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak, in China. Now, that news from GlaxoSmithKline comes on the same weekend. And again, that's what I told you. On Fridays, the markets are going to freak out until we get a handle on coronavirus. And then on Monday, Smarter Money is going to come back in, and they're going to see what's on sale and what's not, and they're going to pick up shares throughout the week. The news out of China over the weekend was that the COVID-19 infections are picking up. Who do you go with? Do you go with biotech companies? Do you go with big pharma names? <laughs> big pharma seems to be the safer play because they'll partner with the biotech company. A biotech company could come up with a cure for cancer, a cure for baldness, a cure for COVID. And it needs a bigger pharmaceutical company to get it through FDA approval and then to make big vats of it and distribute it around the world. Barron's reported in late January that the largest vaccine makers were not yet working on COVID-19 programs. So this is a big turnaround in two weeks. So Sanofi, that's another big pharmaceutical company. Think Merck, Pfizer, Sanofi, GlaxoSmithKline. Sanofi is um, working to develop a COVID-19 vaccine candidate. They have a relationship with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Johnson & Johnson's, of course, they're doing something. They're the world's largest drug maker. They're working on COVID-19 drugs. They're working with a government agency called the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, also known as BARDA. Who even knew BARDA existed? Gilead. They're testing an antiviral drug called Rimnosphere as a treatment for COVID-19. So companies had trouble recruiting patients to say, hey, take this drug. Maybe you'll live. Maybe you won't. Then you start getting into some like speculative biotech like Moderna, ticker symbol mRNA. They're collaborating with the National Institutes of Health. And when I say speculative, I'm not talking like, I wonder if you believe in ghosts. That's speculation. I'm, I'm talking like the valuation so small it could whipsaw back and forth. And um, Moderna's working with the National Institutes of Health, and they said so far uh, there's been no glitches with the development of the vaccine. So I say let the market sell off and don't stress over it. And I'm going back to the history, and I'm going back to people like Warren Buffett. Look for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years out. Know that the market was at a 10-year high, and we're expensive and, and stretched. So when you see down 800, 900 points, it's part of the process regardless. But South Korea and Italy confirming infections, not helping the pandemic fears. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Gold's moving higher. What else? Big pharmaceuticals, biotech. What's moving lower? Cruise lines. What else is moving lower? Big questions, big questions, right? Any sort of transport, any sort of hotel. And when you're a cruise line, you're a hotel that's transport. <laughs> you're transporting people around in a big old flu bu- uh, bucket. I feel bad for saying this, but it's still interesting to note that China's got it bad with coronavirus. And then a cruise ship outside of Japan's got it bad. Real bad. And then that's those are the two biggest areas. But geographically, it's spread to Iran, to Iraq, to South Korea, very likely to North Korea, to the United States. You name it, it's probably been there. Which is going to bring up a lot of legal questions about the country and the government of China and their disclosure issues. Not cool to let that get out of your country, in theory. I could see a lot of countries uh, just changing the way they do business. Here's a weird one on how Wall Street works with viruses and with, um, I would say, events. Anytime like oil goes to 150 or the Russians invade a country, you know, an event that has us talking, we're going to cancel IPOs. That just happens. Wall Street kind of needs a little bit of speculation and not fear. And when the VIX goes higher, there's fear. It's a volatility index, the VIX. Just think V for volatility. X-I-X for index. So it's interesting that, like, let's say you're an IPO in the Bay Area. You're a young company and you're waiting for your payday. And you and your spouse have started spending money because you know it's coming. And then it doesn't come. And there's been $119 billion worth of deals so far this year. That's down 49% with the same period last year. Now, last year we had Uber, we had Lyft, we had a lot of sexy IPOs. But a lot of IPOs, initial public offerings, is a way to create wealth. It's a flawed way, in my opinion, but it's still a way. Drivers that led to a flourish of deals in November and December remain in place. You're seeing... You know, Morgan Stanley going after E-Trade. You're seeing Franklin Templeton go after Leg Mason. You're seeing Francis Alstom buying the rail division of Canada's Bombardier for $6.7 billion in cash. Deals are getting done, but more speculation on takeovers and mergers than on initial public offerings. And again, I'm only bringing this up um, as a way of telling you that wealth does get postponed. And there's some real ramifications of this. And I know you're saying, oh, a poor person who owns like Airbnb. If the market goes down 20% this year, you'll probably not see Airbnb go public. I know you're saying, did you just use the word if? And aren't you the, the jerk face who says if ifs and buts were candy and that's a, what a party would have? I am that same person. But there's sometimes some not unintended consequences. But when you see the IPO market dry up, it's because speculation's drying up because there's fear. Wall Street needs to sell fear just as much as it needs to sell greed. They make money both directions. 
that's one of the, the conundrums that we have as a, a society of investors. Do we want to be day traders? Do we want to be investors? Do we want to be a combination? There's no right answer. It's um, Warren Buffett said this morning, he's kind of like on a tour, media tour. He does it every year. And he's not going to be long for this world because he's like 90-ish, right? But um, I love him because he, he says things so well. And it's a great compliment when people say that I resonate with them or I resonate with their children. I had a guy who was got a master's in finance and he goes, my kids listen to you more so than they listen to me. I'm like, good. I hope I'm a better storyteller because that's the, the skill set that maybe I have. But Warren Buffett talked about he prefers Cocker Spaniels over Pit Bulls. Now, if you know one thing about Warren Buffett, you know he ain't talking about the actual animals. He talked a lot about CEOs and director compensation today and how it soared to a level that inevitably makes pay a subconscious factor affecting everything in society. A board of directors might meet four to six times a year. Not that often. And to see some of these guys work four to six times a year and get paid $300,000 for a board seat, it, it pisses people off. So if you think about someone like me who's a non-wealthy type, I have wealth and you know boards are not foreign to me, but I could sit on two or three boards and pull in $1.5 million a year. And that's a little bit too much. I've got a friend who's doing this now. She's an incredibly great female marketer. Like she used to work for marketing firms and spun off as a consultant. <clears throat> very, very good at what she does. And she's worked with some pretty good brands. But now she's playing the corporate board game and giving her opinion for $300,000 for six days of work. So <clears throat> now a board member can be totally worth it. And I think Warren Buffett's getting into that angle where he wants the, the directors, the CEOs, the top management to be more like Cocker Spaniels than Pitbulls. And he used a funny line on it and he kind of referred to it as like um, an animal shelter. Um, CEOs who don't look for Pitbulls, it's the Cocker Spaniels that gets taken home. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Um... But corporate pay is going to be a big issue this year. It's not going away. I, I don't think it has to be the end-all, be-all, but it's a big issue this year in the elections. Stocks are selling off at the open as the coronavirus cases climb outside of China over the weekend. A couple provinces in China downgraded the threat to like a two, like go back to work, do your work. But there's in the back of your head, it's not as bad as it was, but there's still don't cough on people. Treasuries are doing unbelievable today. The 10 year treasury yield nears all time lows from 2016. Gold's rallying. I wouldn't own gold if you put a gun to my head. It's not my thing. I'd own the dollar. I would own. I, I, I could find some safety. I get to own some U.S. domestic stocks. 
that don't have large exposure to coronavirus. I could go after some value or like Warren Buffett said today, the banks, some big banks have some pretty low valuations. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, I'll talk about Google hopefully in the last segment of the show because I, I that's a company that's pretty interesting and, and Microsoft still keeps like taking little shots at them. Just taking the a little chink in the armor here, a little chip in the armor there, a little crack in the glass here kind of thing. Uh, because Google's, well, I'm going to save it. Palo Alto Networks is expected to report earnings tonight. Um, what's interesting to note about Palo Alto Networks is somewhere last year, our government slipped in. Oh, and by the way, the Chinese army hacked um, one of our businesses. And we didn't think too much of it. Maybe Trump was in the news. Maybe the trade deal was in the news. Maybe coronavirus was in the news. But the Chinese army hacking... We, sometimes that'd be a market story some years, but this year, not so much. And that's what Palo Alto Networks is in the business of doing, trying to help corporations. But I'll tell you what, security software, ah, super important. There's no doubt that we can talk about you know data breaches and corporate information and protecting it and corporate America and, and you know business America and keeping the lights on and confidence in the world economies and Oh, I get it. But I'll say this. Security software for me feels like it's never been all that sticky. There's never been the end-all, be-all. Like, if you need operating systems, you think Microsoft or Apple. You need phones, you think Apple or Google phones or Samsung phones. There's not a go-to company that lasts forever in security software, and maybe that's the nature of it. So that's an area where I'm a little bit more leery as an investor, I would refer to that area as more of a rental than owner. And again, every investor is different. You don't have to be me and you don't have to agree with me or disagree with me. There's some tech stocks that if I feel, you know, hey, that's a good story and, you know, it's pulled off its eye, I would buy with the intent of holding it between one day and 730 days, 792 days. I don't know. When the trade's done, so to speak. For instance, I own a bank stock that I'm embarrassed by. It's a great company. It's a great franchise that, that got into some problems. I can't wait to dump that piece of poo. But I haven't been able to because it hasn't done what I wanted it to. I'm not holding on to it. I'll say this. I've held on to it to the point that that money is underperformed and I should have let it go. But again, what are your expectations? What are your time frames? Um, how do you play the game? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
If we come back and we're broken I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Wells Fargo is going to pay $3 billion to settle fraudulent sales practices and the probes by the SEC into the company, as well as the Justice Department. The bank said it will continue to cooperate. Typically, that would be a good sign for the stock. And I'm telling you this because... It's it's just funky the way Wall Street works at times. You admit to ripping off people, you pay a big fine, and Wall Street goes, oh, okay, was that it? And you can take a look at a company like a Facebook and say, I get it. You know, they, they can make that back in a day or two. Wells Fargo, but banking is a different kind of brand. And it will be interesting to see how they bounce back and or don't. So that's a stock that um, has gone nowhere fast for a good period of time. And now that the demon's known how much they have to pay, we're like, oh, okay. Beyond Meat's in the news today. Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Beyond Meat is going to have a new competitor, a company called Cargill, privately held. They're going to launch their own. They're going to launch their own plant-based patties in April. Cargill's a big company, and this is the fear that you would have as Beyond Meat and Impossible Food shareholder is that, okay, you introduced this novel new idea, plant-based proteins, into the mass public. Before that, it was like maybe this hippie in a surf shack in Southern California. who's like, hey, man, I got plant-based burgers. You want one? So Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods got kind of own that category, but now Cargill's coming in. And here's where Cargill's going to kill them price and in the end a company like let's say are there bob's big boys anymore like i don't even think so what are there out there that there's that that casual diner maybe like an applebee's and applebee's will say you know we know that young people want these plant-based proteins but beyond meats charging too much impossible foods they're they're out so we're going to go with our next alternative. They're cheaper. They're plant-based. We could say we're in the game. Maybe people won't notice. Tastes like cardboard, but that's okay. We'll put a lot of ketchup on it or barbecue, uh, plant-based burger, protein. Like, got it. So when competition comes in, it, it can create another variable of pricing. Pepsi's in the news. They agreed to acquire a Chinese snack maker, B and Cheery. From Chinese owner Hajigagani Health Food for $705 million. Pepsi's seen opportunity in China. Aurora Cannabis is in the news today. Cowan downgraded the cannabis stocks to market perform due to increasingly cautious outlook for cannabis sales in Canada. And headwinds facing the industry are not fading as previously anticipated. Keurig Dr. Pepper in the news. It's interesting. Um, Keurig's the, the owner, the founder of Keurig, rather. He feels bad that he invented the product because of how much plastic's going to waste piles. It made him very, very rich, but he regrets it. Morgan Stanley upgraded Keurig Dr. Pepper ticker symbol KDP to equal weight, following significant underperformance relative to Coca Cola and Pepsi. Company said the valuation now better reflects the company's growth and risk profile. So essentially, they said the company stunk compared to their com- com- competition, 
and that has finally lowered them to the point that maybe now is the time to get into it. Other big stories in the news today, Norwegian Cruise Lines. They said it's unlikely to achieve prior full-year targets due to the impact of coronavirus. A lot of big stories out there. Are there not? 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Market at one point in time fell 1,000 points today. That's big. And I know that's got people stressed. 1,000 points. 2.8%. Now, when you put it like that, Rob, 2.8% is not that bad considering we had all-time highs last week. Considering that we had a great nine and a half year run, we're stretching it into 10. Will 10 do it or not? Tough to say. White House is saying we need a billion dollars for the coronavirus response. That seems light. Stock market down big day. Trump's kicking off a two day trip to India. Um, certainly. Not a bad idea to try to get as many trading partners as we can in the United States. Bernie Sanders wins Nevada. He's solidifying his front runner status. I can almost bring up this to you. Like maybe today isn't really about the coronavirus fears. Maybe today it's about the Bernie Sanders fears. I heard someone refer to Bernie Sanders this weekend as Karl Marx Jr. <laughs> oh no. The name calling from Democrats has begun. So, and that's again what President Trump brought us is it's okay to call your political rivals names. Sticks and stones may break my bones and words will only make me lose points in the polls, right? So I think the big story today, and again, I got to repound on this again and again. I'm not stressed. Gold's moving higher. I'm okay with that. Crude oil's moving lower. That seems like a bit of an overreaction when crude oil's down 5%. And stock market's down 2 to 3%. The volatility index is jumping. The 10-year treasury sits at 1.36. That is unbelievable. That tells you there's a lot of fear in the market. You know, in the horror movies when they said, they say things like, I'm not afraid. And then someone goes, be afraid. Be very afraid. That 10-year treasury is a flash. That's, that's telling you that a lot of people are very afraid right now. Down almost 7% today. As far as yield goes, that's no bueno. If you're hiding there, you're going to lose your money, your purchasing power to inflation. That's not good. Like Warren Buffett said, people should be happy for a stock market sell-off. It's a buying opportunity. You believe that? I'll let you figure that out. You can always find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Get a podcast of the show. Get a lot of good downloadables. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.